Well, good morning, and I trust this finds you well. I'm just out this morning surrounded by real sheep rather than the sort of spiritual sort. But uh, I just wanted to say a few things to begin with about our online service. I think I mentioned last week that as more and more folk return to the uh, Sunday morning in-person services, we felt that our Sunday morning online service, Church Without Walls, had run its course uh, in that present format. Um, when we weren't able to meet physically together, it was a great way for us still to gather together in worship and continue to he hear and share the great truths of the gospel each Sunday. But now that we're entering a season where we'll be able to once again gather together, we want to use the online platform to better reach people that we will not find coming to a church service. Now I have it in my heart, as I said last week, uh, to get out more into the countryside, to go and to try and minister the gospel uh, in a way, in a language that maybe unchurched people can better understand. Now, thank God it's not our job to persuade people. Only the Holy Spirit can open the hearts and minds of men and women, but we can be open to being led by the Spirit to meet people where they're at and speak to them in a language that they better understand. So I'm looking forward to bringing out some resources like that in the months to come. Now, that being said, I'm also aware that there are believers out there who have a real appetite for the deep truths of the gospel, the gospel of God's grace, and have asked, in fact, that such messages that have gone out over the last 18 months can continue to be put up online. So today's broadcast is for the benefit of those folk, and now I can't promise that we'll be doing this every week, but all I can say is that when I feel the prompting of the Holy Spirit to put out a message from time to time online, then I will do that. And that's what happened last night as I was preparing this word to bring to the church service this morning. I felt that this truth really was something that I wanted to put out online so that others can hear it as well. And so perhaps maybe a good running title for such messages as this would be the gospel as it is in heaven. So let's begin in heaven. Let's begin in the best possible place, the truth as heaven sees it. So. Here is one verse that is a little glimpse, as it were, into the eternal realm where the truth reigns like light and there are no lies, no darkness at all. This is Revelation chapter 22 and verse 5, and it says this, There shall be no night there. They need no lamp nor light of the sun, for the Lord gives them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. Now, that little verse reveals a profound truth about the heavenly realm. It is there an eternal day. There is no better day. It is the day of days, the day that all earthly days can only be a shadow of. There is no night there. You see, we so often have been brought up to think of the heavenly realm more as a geographical place than as an eternal realm. We often say things like, one day I will be in heaven. One day I'll get to heaven. Almost like the same way we might say, one day I will get to New York. Our earthly mindset thinks in terms of night and day, time passing. We can't help it as we have grown up in this time passing realm. The Bible calls this realm the temporal or temporary realm, realm because nothing in this time passing realm that we see with our natural eyes is permanent. All this one day will be gone. Even the days in this earthly realm are temporary for the night brings each day to an end. But as we've just read, in the heavenly realm, there is no night. 
there is nothing temporal, nothing passing away. Now, the simple thought I wanted to plant this morning, like a seed, is something that I want to think on more and more myself. And that is that this eternal realm, this eternal day, we don't have to wait until we die to enter that day. For the Holy Spirit has been given to us that we might, by that Spirit, today have entrance into this eternal day, have entrance into this realm of eternal life where nothing passes away. Now, as the Holy Spirit renews our minds, our thinking, to the truth that God sees, to what heaven sees, we can begin to fix our eyes also more and more, not on the temporal passing away realm, but on the eternal realm. There's a lovely verse that speaks about this in 2 Corinthians 4. Uh, listen to this from verse 7. But we have this treasure in earthen containers so that the extraordinary greatness of the power will be of God and not from ourselves. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not despairing, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed, always carrying around in the body the dying of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. For we who live are constantly being handed over to death because of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may be also revealed in our mortal flesh. Now, Paul is saying there that it is the very troubles of this world that are more and more revealing in us and through us a different realm to this world, an eternal realm, a life that appears to transcend this passing away life. And then from four, verse 16, Paul describes this life in us with a beautiful word, the word glory. Listen to verse 16 and onwards. Therefore, we do not lose heart, but though our outer person is decaying, yet our inner person is being renewed day by day. For our momentary light affliction is producing for us an eternal weight of glory, far outweighing the all comparison, in fact. While we look not, while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Now that word translated there, glory, is the Greek word doxa, and it has to do with someone's estimation or assessment. It literally means what evokes a good opinion, i.e. that something has an intrinsic worth in itself. So when the Bible speaks of God's glory, it means that he has a, an inherent worth, his character, in his essence, really. He's worthy of the highest esteem. Everything about him is on the highest level there is. You could say it, it's not enough to say God is wise. He is wisdom personified. It's not enough to say he loves well. In the words of the Apostle John, he is love. So the glory of God relates to the truth about his nature. To glorify him is to recognize and express the truth of who he is. Now, what I'm going to say next cannot be taken in by the natural mind. I don't fully understand what this means, as the implications of it really are just too much for me to take in. The Bible tells us, in fact, that uh, because of that, it's almost like in this realm we see through a dark glass, but one day we shall see clearly. And all I can say is the Holy Spirit is enabling us to see clearer and clearer. And so what Paul is saying here is that this glory of God, the magnificence of his essence, his nature, his life, can be seen in our lives today. And especially 
as we more and more see through this passing away realm and catch sight of the eternal realm, as we see through these passing away days and catch sight of the truth that in Christ we are already living in the eternal day. Now somehow, in the same way that a jeweler, if he wants to display the full glory of a diamond, he'll lay it on a dark background. So too, the glory of this eternal, unchanging life that we have in Christ seems to be more clearly revealed in this life by the darkness, the troubles of this passing away realm, even in this passing away body. So here's an example. Remember Paul and Silas in that jail cell in Philippi, their earthly lives uh, that night became such a revelation of the glory of God's eternal life that uh, the prisoners there with them were transfixed. Their lives were like diamonds shining on the darkest of backgrounds. See, that night their backs were bleeding. They were afflicted in every way, but not crushed. They were perplexed, but not despairing. They were persecuted, but not abandoned. They were struck down, but not destroyed. They were carrying around in their body the dying of Jesus, but the life of Jesus was also being revealed in their body. Like Jesus himself, when he came back from being beaten by those Roman soldiers and walked in before Pilate, still carrying himself with the grace and dignity of a king, the king that he was, Pilate was astonished. It seemed that the more chains they put on Jesus, the more like a king he appeared. And that's the life that you and I carry in us. And every challenge in this life, every betrayal, every disappointment, every darkness of this passing away realm is another opportunity for that life to be seen, for that eternal day to be seen breaking through into this realm of shadows. Isn't that why Jesus said to us, you are the light of the world. You see, through our lives, the world gets a glimpse of another kingdom, an eternal kingdom, an eternal day, an eternal life. But look at verse 17 again, it says this, for our momentary light affliction is producing for us an eternal weight of glory far beyond all comparison. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. While we look not. You see, this is what you and I are doing right now as we look into God's word. We're looking not at the things which are seen, the passing away things, but looking rather at the things which are not seen, the eternal things. And this is what it is to grow in the spirit, to grow in your sonship, your identity in Christ. It is to more and more look not on the things that are passing away, but rather fix your gaze on what is eternal, what is not passing away. Your life in Christ, your identity as a son of God, a child of the spirit, a child of the light, is not of this realm. It is not passing away. The more our eyes become fixed on this truth that our eternal life hidden with Christ and God is our true life, then the more the glory of that life, that kingdom is seen in our lives in this realm. And that's why the apostle John could write of Jesus, when we saw him, we saw the glory of God on the earth. In him, we beheld the glory of God. You see, through the life of Jesus, the apostles saw, they beheld the glory of God and they were changed by beholding him. For in looking at him, they were seeing the reality of another realm, a truth greater than this passing away realm. And on being filled with the Holy Spirit, that realm, that eternal day became realer to them than the passing away days they were in. 
so real that death held no fear for them. And their fearless lives became for multitudes a window to see into a different realm, an eternal life. They became the answer to the prayer that Jesus had taught them. Father, let thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Not one day, but today. Not someday, but every day. This is what it is to live in the power of the Spirit, to live in the Christ life. It is to live in the eternal day, a day when things are not becoming better, but simply are perfect in Christ. You see, man-made religion cannot see by the Spirit, and so can only speak of what you could become one day. The Holy Spirit speaks from the eternal day, so He can only speak of what is in the eternal day. What is because of the life, death, and resurrection of Christ. And that is why the Apostle Paul cannot write to the Corinthians that they are becoming a new creation or that one day they will be a new creation. But he must write, any man who is in Christ is a new creation. Behold, all things have passed away. All things have become new. So can you hear what he's saying? He's saying, look not on the things that are passing away. Look not on your earthly name, your earthly record, your own works or attempts at holiness. Look not to your own strength, for you don't have that alone life anymore that you have to reconcile yourself to God. Behold the truth that never passes away. God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not the church, the world. And so we can go into this world and plead with them on Christ's behalf. Don't try and do reconcile to God, just be reconciled to God by the faith that comes from hearing who God sees you to be. Reconciled to Him in Christ. Be who God sees you to be. Be reconciled. Be at one with God in Christ. Come out of the darkness of a passing away life and come into the light, the eternal light of the eternal day of God. Now this is why Paul cannot write to the Colossians that one day your lives will be hidden with Christ and God, but by the Spirit he must say to them, set your eyes on things above, not on the earth below. Look up, look at the eternal day. Look not on the things that are passing away. The eternal truth that God lives in, look at that and you will see that your old passing away life died and your life is hidden with Christ and God. Not will be one day, but is today. Now only the Holy Spirit can open the eyes of our heart to see what we were blind to before. The is of life in Christ. The is of the eternal day. This is how Jesus lived as a man. He lived in the is of the eternal life of the Father, Son, and Spirit. And from there, he called men and women out of the darkness of religion, the world where everything is becoming, but nothing is, into this eternal life, this eternal is, where you are who you are by the grace of God. I'll say that again. In this eternal is, you are who you are by the grace of God. That is the Christian life, the Christ life. Now, by the power of the indwelling spirit in you and I, we can grow up in this life to begin more and more to be living in the, this eternal is, and we grow to see more clearly and speak more clearly of what is as we learn to look not on the things that are passing away. Do you know that most of the church, including myself, have not really learned to do that? We are scratching the surface. 
Because when you listen to how we speak of people and who they are, 90% of the time, 99% of the time, we speak of them according to their earthly works. We label them, we type them, not according to who the Spirit sees them to be. You know, all through the Bible, from Abraham, Moses, Gideon, David, Mary, the disciples, the Lord spoke to them all a name they had never heard before, an eternal name given not according to their earthly works, their record, but according to the grace and purpose of God given in Christ from before the foundation of the world. That's 2 Timothy 1, 8 to 10. And it was by hearing their eternal name that the power came for their eyes to open and for them to see and so live in that eternal name, that eternal day. You see, the ability to walk in Christ's life comes by the hearing of his call, for his words are spirit and they are life. Who are his sheep? Jesus said, my sheep are those who hear my voice and are drawn to me by my voice. Don't you know who you are? Jesus was saying to people as he ministered to them, you aren't sick, you are well. So be well because I declare you to be well. And my words are spirit and they are life. So to the blind, he said, see. To the deaf, he said, hear. To the dead, he said, live. To the cripple who came through the roof of the house and was laid at his feet, he said, in effect, don't you know who you are? You are who I declare you to be. You are the man whose sins are forgiven him. You are the man who gets up and takes his mat and walks. And that man, through the proclamation of those words of Jesus, he rose and walked into a new life. For Jesus' words are spirit and they are life. And if you can speak what Jesus sees from the eternal day, if you and I, by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, can give to people, not the testimony of earthly eyes on their condition, but the testimony of Jesus on their lives, then they too, by the power of that testimony, can have something like scales fall from their eyes. And they can see that they have been reconciled to God and can now live in His life, His glory, His view and opinion of them. And such lives bring the kingdom of God onto the face of the earth every day. You know, I love the picture in Acts 9 of Ananias telling God in prayer of Saul of Tarsus' terrible earthly record and the Holy Spirit interrupting him and saying, in effect, let me show you, Ananias, Saul, from my perspective, the perspective of the eternal day, from the perspective of my grace, not his record. He is actually my chosen vessel to carry the gospel to the Gentiles. And those words of the Spirit, they were so powerful, they carried Ananias in power to proclaim God's eternal view and opinion over Saul. And something like scales fell from Saul's eyes. And he began by grace to live in God's view and opinion of him. He began to live in the light of Christ's finished work, his eternal life, not in the darkness of a passing away life. So to begin to see the eternal day is to begin to live from there. God's view and opinion of you in Christ. And to begin to live from there allows us to begin to speak from there and to begin to speak the testimony of Jesus from that eternal day over the lives of men and women is powerful for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy and this spirit can speak words that call men and women out of the darkness of the self-life and into the light of eternal life God's glory his view and opinion of them his eternal view and opinion of them now what men and women do with such words spoken to them is up to them. It's not for us to decide 
or label people according to their response. You know, some of us take longer than others to come out of the darkness, and some may choose not to come into the light because they love the darkness of the self-life. We're not called to make a final judgment on anyone. Our calling is to see and speak to people according to the grace and purpose of God given in Christ, namely, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. And so we call this world to be whom God sees them to be, reconciled. And those who receive the testimony of Jesus receive eternal life, and he gives them the power to live as children of God, children of the light. You know, there's a great upward calling of the church in Christ, a great calling to look up, look not on the things of the earth, look not on the things that are passing away, this passing away life, but look rather on the things that are never passing away, God's view and opinion, God's glory given to men in Christ. Before you today lies two worlds, two realms. In this passing away world, religion can only tell you what you might become one day if you do the right things. It's a world where some things are passing away and some things are becoming new. But there is another realm where you are not becoming a new creation. You are a new creation. In this eternal realm, this life called Christ, all things have already passed away. And behold, all things have already become new. In this realm, what you do or don't do does not determine the truth of who you are. In this realm, you are who you are by the grace of God. Now, to see this realm and understand that you're saved by grace through faith and this not of yourself, but the gift of God means that you can no longer boast as if you did something to save yourself. To look not on this passing away world is to be able to say, as the Apostle Paul said to the Galatians, God forbid that I should boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom this world, this passing away realm, has been crucified to me and I to the world. For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything but a new creation. And as many as walk according to this reality, peace and mercy be upon them and upon the Israel of God. Therefore, my friend, in all your problems today and afflictions, do not lose heart. But though our outer person is decaying, yet our inner person is being renewed day by day. For our momentary light affliction is producing for us an eternal weight of glory far beyond all comparison while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. By the grace of God, welcome to his eternal day and his eternal name for you. Reconciled to God in Christ, a perfect son of a perfect father. Now, if something in you jumps at this word, at this name, that is his spirit at work in you, to draw you out of darkness. The darkness of trying to name yourself, trying to make a life for yourself like an orphan, when all along he has had a life prepared for you from before you were born, the life of a perfectly loved child of God. Live that life and your life will become a window for those around you to catch a glimpse of another kingdom, another world. For the life of a perfectly loved child has always revealed the life of a perfectly loving father. God bless you.